What's going on, everybody? Hope everybody had a wonderful day today. Uh, it is currently Wednesday, uh, November 17th, 2021. Pretty cold out here. I hate being on the east on the East Coast only because daylight savings time. Once you lose the hour, uh, and and it just starts to it just starts to make everything look weird. It's dark too early. You get tired earlier. Uh, but I appreciate everybody as they are tired and relaxing who is listening to this podcast. Appreciate it. We are in the mid for the midweek podcast. No little bit. I know a lot of things are different this week in terms of back to back podcasts, but I like doing it. Love enjoy talking to you guys. We got a lot of stuff to go over today, so we're gonna do the injury updates. And as per one of the listeners of my podcast told me in person, I've added a few injuries of people returning from injuries as well as injuries that occurred this past week for the NFL. Uh, Very good feedback, which I appreciate. So anybody else who has any feedback for the podcast, please feel free to find me on Facebook. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Once again, my name, Cole Haight. This is the All In Man Cave podcast. Uh, So please leave as much feedback as possible. Uh, Working on making that Twitter for the podcast. I will be letting you guys know what that is when it is done, hopefully finalizing it pretty soon. So uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Anybody who spread the word on the podcast, I appreciate it. Anybody who has been listening since I've begun the podcast, I appreciate it. Uh, And all the new listeners out there, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, and, And it's awesome to have you. So we're going to do injuries, we're going to do fantasy football, and I haven't done Thursday night best bets, uh, Thursday night football best bets in a while, so we're going to throw a Thursday night football best bet segment at the end as well. I know I normally do it for Monday, but the last few weeks we've neglected Thursday night football, which cannot happen because all football should not be neglected. Uh, Regardless of what teams are playing, it doesn't matter, football is football and we love it. Uh, And if you don't love it and you're still listening to this podcast, that's awesome. I appreciate it. All right, so we're going to start with injuries. Uh, a lot of names here, big names. Like I normally say, the injuries impact fantasy football as well as big names on football teams for anybody who, uh, basically any fan out there who may have a favorite team. It could be anyone. could be any team. So uh, big names and fantasy football impact is what we're focusing on in terms of injuries. So we're going to start in Ohio, Baker Mayfield. Confused. This is not anything that has to do with his arm. It has to do with his leg. So Baker Mayfield, knee contusion, a fancy name for a bruise. He's questionable moving forward. Uh, he's probably only questionable with the bruise because his arm is completely torn. Uh, I've mentioned it multiple times on the podcast. The labrum is completely torn and his non-throwing shoulder has to be painful. It has to affect the way he plays quarterback. So the knee contusion is just going to add to that issue. He's going to be questionable. They're probably going to put him out there. If they're going to put him out there with a with a torn labrum, they're definitely going to put him out there with a knee bruise, especially if he's not limited in terms of him being able to move at practice. So Baker Mayfield, keep an eye on him. But uh, he, he's going to continue to struggle based on the fact that he, he cannot perform the way he wants to and the way he's used to at being 100%, which is the problem with playing players that are injured. Moving on, Kyler Murray should be making his return this week from the ankle sprain. I disagree 100% with this decision. However, I understand it at the same time. There's a lot of decisions that happen in life, and there's a lot you're going to make, whether it be at work, whether it be your family life. 
uh, and multiple, there's a plethora of other decisions that will be similar to this, but yes, with Kyler Murray in there, they have the best chance to win, but why rush him back when you're in the current standing that you are? I understand Colt McCoy, who exited the game, may be out. You still have a backup quarterback. You're way ahead in terms of the wild card for the NFC, so I know they're trying to win the division, and I get that, but at the same time, re-injuring Kyler again is going to cause worse problems down the line. So Chris Drevler, as bad as he is as a backup quarterback, they're going to Seattle, and Seattle just got embarrassed. So I know it's a divisional game. I know it feels like a big game. I don't agree with it personally, but I understand that they want their best shot to win not only divisional games, which are important for them right now, with their lead over the Rams, by one game, but I think Kyler is going to come back too soon. I knew that the high ankle sprain was going to keep him out multiple weeks. He didn't seem like he was on track. Now, since there's a huge desperate need for it, it seems like he's on track. That could be partially NFL media. That could be partial truth. We will never find that out, but Kyler Murray should be making his return this week. Please keep in mind that if he does not practice all week, he will not play. So for all the fantasy owners of Kyler Murray out there, Number one, uh, he's not going to be 100% if he comes back this week, I don't think. He's going to be rusty. At the least, he's going to be rusty. He's also not going to be 100% with that ankle. So don't expect much from him in terms of fantasy production, but but he's going to be better than, than your average quarterback that you tried to pick up off the waiver wire to replace him. Next on the list, Saquon Barkley. Uh, we've said, This is the same song and dance that's happened for three years straight now. Uh, high ankle sprain. He should make his return this week. They said he could have returned two weeks ago and last week, and now they're saying the same thing again. It's 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 been an injury plethora for Saquon Barkley through the 2021 season. Not a surprise considering every other season seems to be the same. He had a breakout season where he got injured the least amount of games in his career, uh, but he still missed multiple games in that season. So uh, Saquon... I love the man. He grew up, uh, like I've said, he he grew up nearby uh, from where I'm from. So God, I love him, support him. I love that there's play that there's people from my area getting into the NFL. But his ankle injuries and his leg injuries and his knee injury, everything that has to do with his legs has been injured for almost his entire career. He's been able to manage through it in the NFL, harder to manage through it. So let's see how he does at practice. He returned to practice Monday, uh, limited in participation, don't want to push him too hard Tuesday. It is currently Wednesday, didn't get a chance to look at the injury report, nor is it probably posted uh, at currently 4.20 p.m. So they're probably not going to post that till later on tonight, so keep an eye on that if you are a Giants fan or if you own him and have been stashing him most of the season. Next on the list, Damian Harris, in still in concussion protocol. I had mentioned last week that Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson were both in the concussion protocol. Ramondre Stevenson out, uh, came out of it before the game, therefore got the start. Damian stayed in, did not practice Monday, which is a huge red flag for the protocol. Uh, you should be able to at least stay in the protocol, but go through walkthroughs. He did not even do that Monday. So... Uh, I don't. It doesn't look good for Damian Harris. Now, he may be a game-time decision, but with the amount of running backs that they have in that backfield in New England, it, 
if Damian Harris is healthy and he's getting most of the carries, that's that's a pretty good shot. And you got Brandon Bolden there who's going to catch most of the passes out of the backfield. But I like Ramondre Stevenson this week versus Damian Harris, especially if he's a game-time decision or worse. Next, Aaron Jones, sprained MCL. The MCL is very weird in the NFL. I've seen a lot of players, and this is going back to my early fandom uh, in my early early teens, following football, watching the injury reports on an actual desktop computer, which probably a lot of people don't know what that is. Uh, But I used to watch all my games on a desktop computer before the NFL Sunday ticket, before illegally streaming games. Uh, and anything else in any type of way you can watch football games. I used to watch the play-by-play updates. If anybody out there can relate, it was the screen that showed you uh, with your team's color, a line of how far it went and gave you a description of the play underneath. That's how I watched most of my Vikings games uh, in the den in the house I grew up in. So very interesting tidbit of info right there, but... It's interesting. So sprained MCLs can go one of two ways. You could have an aggressive sprain, uh, which is typically four to six weeks. It's it's a little bit worse than a high ankle sprain in terms of length of time you're going to miss. He was uh, designated with a mild strain. So it's looking like closer to one to two weeks. Aaron Jones has gone through and pressed through injuries. Uh, basically, since he's been drafted, he's been dinged up in his knees. Uh, apparently, similar to Saquon, he's got bad legs. But uh, this is going to keep him out at least this week. Now, they're thinking at least this week and at least next week, targeting a week 12 return. Sorry, a week 13 return. But uh, it depends. If if he tries to rehab it too hard, he may have a setback. And in that case, it's going to go to that four to six week window. Next on the list, Cordero Patterson has a mild high ankle sprain. He is going to be officially out probably soon. I I saw multiple reports on Cordero Patterson. Both of them saw, said completely different things. So uh, based on what I can see, it doesn't look like he's going to play. So if I had to give a designation based on what I'm looking at and who I trust via who released these this information. I would say he's highly doubtful to play based on a miracle. He probably will not play on Thursday night football against the Patriots, and he's probably going to be out one to three weeks. Now, the high ankle sprain is worse than the low ankle sprain. I don't see how there's a way he plays, even if it's only a mild ankle sprain. Uh, Cordero Patterson is known for one thing and one thing only, his cuts on the field. Uh, And he makes a lot of them uh, from the backfield as a rusher, uh, as a wide receiver, and as a kick returner. Uh, He gets a lot of touches a game. He gets a lot of play time. So I don't see how it's possible that he could even somewhat come out and play. Uh, they may may bring him out as a decoy like they we used to see in the in the mid two thousands. Players that were hurt would come onto the field, not really run a hundred percent and be decoys. We don't really see that much of that anymore. So I'm not I'm not too high on him playing. And later on, we're going to talk about some some Falcons in the in the best bets. But uh, I, he's a huge intricate part of that offense uh, and the way that offense has been able to be good in their games that they won. Uh, and him not being involved enough is another reason why they're losing games that they lose. So I'm not really high on Cordero Patterson. If you own him in fantasy, I would stash him until 
right before the game starts and then you guys have a decision to make people who own him in fantasy uh, but I'm not expecting much especially if it's a high ankle sprain specifically and not a low ankle sprain next on the list CD lamb he has an arm contusion anytime coaches come out and talk about players that are either good to go this coming week or gonna be ready to go this week I never trust that depends on the coach especially Mike McCarthy. So uh, he is an arm contusion, which is, once again, fancy name for a bruise. I- I'm expecting him to play. Uh, it's a bruise. He doesn't have any other injuries that would add to that issue, making it a problem. It's a, I don't really check the practice participation. If he's at least limited, he should be good to go. And if you guys play fantasy football online, which most of fantasy football leagues are online now or on an app or what have you, he should be good to go and not even questionable, probably going into tomorrow, especially if it's only a bruise. So keep an eye on it. But I expect CeeDee Lamb to play. And they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is America's game of the week. So he's going to do everything he can to play in this football game. And there's going to be a lot of passes to go around, even with the two-headed monster of the rushing attack of the Cowboys, which has been subpar the last few weeks. But there's going to be a lot of passes to go around. He played well even exiting last week in the fourth quarter, which they were already up by 30-plus points, so it didn't really matter. So just keep an eye on his practice participation. Next on the list, Dallas Goddard. Concussion. He must clear the protocol. It looks like, and it's very hard to judge concussions. Nobody knows how bad it is. The the protocol is very specific. I don't remember all of the rules for the protocol, but I know it's a very intricate step-by-step process for being able to come back even onto the practice field. So keep an eye on. There's not really much I can say. I know Dallas Goddard is a huge impact for fantasy leagues. Tight end is always hard to come by for your fantasy team. I know very hard how it is. I currently own two tight ends, both of which are subpar to very flighty at best in Tyler Conklin and Pat Fryermuth, but it it's hard to come by a good tight end, and Dallas Goddard is one of the main two targets for Jalen Hurts. So without him in that football game, uh, the Eagles fans out there are going to be pretty concerned and should be. Uh, as well as the fantasy owners, because at this point in the season, not really, it's not really easy to try and pick up a replacement. Next on the list, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, not surprised with this. And again, not surprised. Rob Gronkowski is pretty much like the Saquon Barkley of tight ends for fantasy. So he was out again with back spasms. It looks like he's listed right now as questionable for this week. It doesn't look like he's going to end up playing. There's a lot of people talking. Uh, mouths are moving. Media is reporting uh, that it does not look good for for Rob Gronkowski this week to play, which means there's going to be a lot of split between Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard may, is a little bit dinged up as well, so it's going to be very hard. You might be able to snag one of those two on the waiver wire, but it does not look like Rob Gronkowski is going to play this week. Not really surprised. He's had a lot of issues with his elbow, with his back. He's had knee and leg issues as well. He's basically he needs a, a doctor to follow him around at this point because he's missing a lot of games. Brady looks like he's slumping right now. He's allowed to. He's 44 years old and cannot put a team on his back on a regular basis. So he's going to need more better performance out of his defense. 
and he's, he's going to need to get back to what they were doing at the beginning of the season, and they'll be fine just without Rob Gronkowski this week. Almost positive on that. Next on the list, Bud Dupree. Uh, he's got an abdominal injury. I couldn't really dig up a lot more than that, but he is day-to-day. Bud Dupree, very under. He, he's been an underperformer based on where he came from in Pittsburgh and where he was playing when he was at Pittsburgh. Only one sack so far this year. He's been dinged up. And surprisingly enough, based on how well the Titans' defense has played, I didn't really follow him on a regular basis week to week, but I would have assumed that he would have been playing well in terms of tackles, in terms of tackles for loss and sacks. He's not really playing that well. Uh, And the abdominal injury doesn't have much merit behind it in terms of the description. Uh, It's there. Uh, It just, there's no description on how bad it is. Mike Vrabel, very weird comments in the media. Uh, when asked about it, he was almost looked like he was shocked that it was he was actually injured. Like well, that makes no sense to me as the head coach of a football team. But uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna cause some issues. Tennessee, as we know, the past few weeks their offense has been subpar to say the least. Uh, they're trying to figure it out w- with life beyond Derrick Henry for the rest of the season, and their defense has kept them in football games. So if they start to lose part of that structure on defense. It's going to cause them to start spiraling and and spiraling quickly. Next on the list, Chase Young. Very unfortunate for Chase Young. Torn ACL. He will be out for the season. Tough to watch. Saw the updates on uh, Tuesday. It was not Monday. I waited. I I looked up a little bit of things. A little bit, a couple of videos and stuff on the NFL app on my phone, just looking through some stuff that I may have missed when looking at the recaps of the football games. But Chase Young, uh, it it hurts. It hurts to lose a player like that. Their defense was already underperforming. So I I hope Chase Young is okay. I hope he has a full rehab. He was having a subpar year this year. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise uh, based on the fact that this team looks like they're in shambles. Uh, and since the beginning of the year, they got a big win against the Bucks. Probably the best game they've played all season. So uh, I'm, I'm praying for Chase Young so that he comes back. Hate seeing players out for the season, especially with as much potential as Chase Young. Next on the list, Whitney Merciless, the recent free agent signing of the Green Bay Packers to play linebacker. He has torn biceps. He's been placed on IR if he needs the kind of surgery that I've witnessed multiple players have, he's probably going to be out for the season. Uh, with the only way of him coming back would be to be deep into the playoffs, which clearly the Green Bay Packers are looking at uh, being tied for the best record in the league right now. But that's huge. And it's huge because they continuously lose defensive players at a time where their defense is overperforming based on how good their players are uh, statistically. Now, listen, their scheme is good. Clearly, they've been good for multiple weeks, probably about a month and a half. The the defense of the Green Bay Packers has been very good. So I'm I'm hoping they're not as good because the Vikings play them at home this coming week. So I honestly don't wish injury on any player, even if it's a team I don't like. Injury not good. They're out there playing for for their future. Uh, They're trying to make a difference on their football team, and they're trying to be the best they can be. 
Uh, but Whitney Merciless, huge. They, they filled a big gap by signing him. Uh, and by losing him now, that gap is now open, back open, and they're going to have to search via the practice squad or via free agency to try and fill that void. Next on the list, Richard Sherman made his return in the loss. Uh, Richard Sherman, if you guys did not know, currently plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, as a corner. Uh, he's going to miss multiple weeks with a calf injury. He had a leg injury going in, missed a few weeks, came back, re-injured that. Richard Sherman's getting older. It's not, and the 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 help that he gets in the secondary, he's got to do most of the work, most of the communication. He's coaching people up. It's mentally exhausting, which sometimes becomes physically exhausting. I know everyone out there knows what I mean. So it Richard Sherman's going to be out multiple weeks now. It could be three. It could be four. It could be two. He has not been placed on the IR yet, which makes me leads me to believe that it, they think there's an opportunity for him to miss less than three games. Uh, and based on the people they currently have on IR from the secondary and their current starters, I would suggest trying to get him back on the field as soon as possible because their, their secondary is bad uh, and with a lot of inexperience as well. And last on the list Troy Hill, the cornerback for the Cleveland Browns, uh, he has a neck injury. He was actually put on a stretcher and taken to a local hospital. Looked like a nasty hit. Try he was trying to make a tackle on a on a a touchdown run late into the fourth quarter. Completely irrelevant considering they were already down by thirty plus points. Uh, but hit something bad. I didn't really see the hit that many times. It didn't look as bad as it actually ended up being. Uh, so he's good, feeling in all extremities, but he was left in the hospital for multiple days this week. So definitely, I would think, no chance for him to start this week. Uh, not that he infa- impacts most fantasy leagues, but uh, as Cleveland Browns fans, as many as there are out there, which there are, uh, plenty of, and I respect you guys out there as Cleveland Browns fans, but um, it doesn't look like he's going to play. And, and the team itself, the Cleveland Browns themselves, have a lot of injuries. They're not playing their best football right now. Their quarterback is hurt. They know he's hurt. He, they haven't played well the last few weeks. So any more bad news, and I think the Cleveland Browns are 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 going to have a huge downward spiral, especially in the next in the coming months. All right, guys, that are that will end the list of the injury segment. Keep an eye on those players. Keep an eye on your fantasy team. I saw a lot of players last week going from game time decisions, uh, going from questionable to in, questionable to out. There was a lot of changes. Tune in anytime Sunday morning before the football games to any of the major networks, whether it be CBS, Fox, ESPN, they usually have a segment on all of them, depending on when their pregame show starts, where it'll give you fantasy football and or just overall injury reports to whether it's a game time decision, whether they're ruled in, ruled out, or what have you. So just keep an eye on that. But we are going to flip into the likes and dislikes, Cole's likes and dislikes for fantasy football this week, starting in week, well, this will basically Thursday night starts week 11. So week 11's best likes and dislikes for fantasy football. We are going to start with the dislikes this week because we started with the likes last week. 
number one dislike, Cam Newton versus the Washington football team. Listen, Cam Newton played well. It, it, it was awesome to see him come into a football team that he already played for. Obviously, there's been some changes since he left and came back. Coaching-wise, play-wise, everything. But he came in for six plays. He had two touchdowns, both of them from the one-yard line. One passing, one rushing. He only played six plays. And they clearly were playing against an Arizona team who was having a stinker of a game and could not score any points. So the fact that people are going out right now and drafting Cam Newton in fantasy or picking him up in free agency or getting him off the waiver wire or what have you. I think it's a bit of an overreaction. I don't think that the Washington football team is just going to lay down and let Cam Newton throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, I understand the aspect of him running from close distance away from the end zone. I get that. Uh, and I understand it, but I don't think he, th- he has any justifiable merit for throwing for up any type of, of yardage considering that the Washington football team last week gave up 220 yards and picked off Tom Brady twice. Cam Newton is going to throw more interceptions if they even show up half of the percentage that they gave in terms of effort last week. So I'm not loving Cam Newton this week against the Washington football team. Next on the list, Dalvin Cook versus the Green Bay Packers. Dalvin Cook has had a subpar year. He's missed a lot of games. He's been taken out of games uh, due to injury. Green Bay's defense looks super stout against the run. Uh, they look super stout in general. So I I love Dalvin Cook in terms of rushes. I don't love him in terms of yards. Uh, this game is in Minnesota and not in Green Bay. If it was in Green Bay, I would like it because it's probably going to be cold and the Vikings will probably go run heavy. In this game, I don't think that happens, and I think the Vikings challenge the Green Bay Packers secondary as well as their linebackers to try and cover tight ends and wide receivers. So I like Kirk Cousins a lot more than I like Dalvin Cook this week. I think Dalvin Cook's just in there to keep the keep the defense honest, and they're probably going to shut him down because the Packers are decent against the run. Next on the list, James Robinson versus the San Francisco 49ers. I own James Robinson in fantasy. I've already sat him for David Montgomery this week. David Montgomery, not all my likes, but we'll get to my likes in a minute. However, uh, James Robinson's dealing with a heel injury. It, it sparked up today that he may have knee issues as well. I didn't put him in the in the injury segment because I just found that out before I started recording the podcast. James Robinson, in in that offense right now, I trust the offense less than I trust James Robinson uh, because, honestly, their offense is terrible. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars' offense is terrible. They're not using him the way they should and the way he was successful before Lawrence and Urban Meyer got there. So I don't trust that they're going to give him enough carries. He had a lucky late touchdown last week that actually won my fantasy matchup of the week. Uh, but he didn't do much in terms of statistics. He was not very effective running the ball. He had a one-yard rushing touchdown at the end of the game. So I, I don't trust James Robinson this week. And, and like I say about the dislikes, if, if you guys out there don't have anything valuable on your on your benches or if you have nothing valuable to pick up in free agency, uh, he's going to get you seven points at least. But but I'm not expecting him to have a big game, which is the re- – like. I don't expect him to have a 20-point game, even a 15-point game. So it's going to be less than you expect from James Robinson. Next on my dislikes list, Michael Pittman Jr. versus the Buffalo Bills. 
the Bills' defense is amazing. Uh, they've played well all season. Uh, even when their offense has not played well, the defense has stayed very solid. Uh, they have really good cornerbacks. They have really good safeties. And their linebackers are good in coverage, so there's nothing really much more you can ask for. Michael Pittman Jr. has been has extreme amounts of pressure put on him with the injuries to T.Y. Hilton, with the fact that not the rest of anything on their wide receiver core is worth anything. Uh, and basically, Carson Wentz has Michael Pittman Jr., the running backs and the tight ends. I don't think he has a good game. I think they can easily scheme him out of the game to make Carson Wentz throw the ball to Mo Cox, to throw it to Jonathan Taylor, to throw it to Naheem Hines to try and win this game. And the Colts are going to run the ball more than they're going to pass anyway. Uh, so I think this is the perfect opportunity if you've been riding the Michael Pittman Jr. awesome train of fantasy football to give him a week off, uh, especially if you have depth on your roster. Uh, or or have anything available to you depending on what league you're in, how many people, uh, and be able to pick somebody up off the waiver wire or in free agency. Next on my dislikes list, and this is going to hurt a little because I've loved this guy all year, is Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nobody knows how the Jaguars have been playing better on defense, uh, especially with absolutely nobody I can name. Uh, but they have been. They've been playing better. They played decent against Carson Wentz last week. Debo seems like he's a little dinged up from their Monday night football game. They're coming off a short week. Jimmy Garoppolo only has one good game every two months, so I'm expecting him to have another subpar game. This is going to be a low-scoring affair, and the, the 49ers are going to make it close just like the Vikings always do in terms of opponents that they should beat. So I'm not expecting much from Debo. Now listen, I'm not sitting Debo Samuel, uh, but I'm I'm just projecting that he's not going to have as good of a game as he's been having, considering he's averaging a little, like pretty close to 20 points per game in fantasy football this season. So I'm just not expecting a huge game. I'm not telling you to sit him, uh, but there are opportunities out there in a lot of leagues to pick up somebody with a higher ceiling, but possibly a little lower of a floor. So it depends on how risk averse you are, honestly, in fantasy football. Last on my dislikes list is Justin Herbert versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was not very impressed watching Justin Herbert play against the Minnesota Vikings. Their defense has pl a plethora of holes in it. So I, Honestly, he he's in a bit of a rut. I don't think he comes out against a very good um very good defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. They've been dinged up on offense, but on defense they've been pretty good. So I don't expect much from Justin Herbert. Now listen, I'm I'm not telling you to sit Justin Herbert for Teddy Bridgewater or or a quarterback of equal or lesser value, but uh, Justin Herbert's not going to have a big game this week. He did not play well once again against the Vikings. He's had a bunch of bad weeks in a row. Uh, people could play devil's advocate and say he's due for a good week. I just don't believe that that is true. Uh, and I think that they're going to lean or try at least try and lean on the run in this game more than the pass based on how good the secondary is for the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, on the flip side, we're going to the likes list. Get ready, all you running back fans, uh, because there's a lot of running backs I like this week. Number one, Michael Carter versus the Miami Dolphins. I understand that the Dolphins only gave up 10 points to the Lamar Jackson Baltimore Ravens, but every blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. 
And Michael Carter has proven that not only can he get it done on the ground, but he can also get it done through the air. And if you're scared at all that the Jets will not show up in this game, it's been proven that the Jets receivers and running backs know how to take advantage of garbage time. So even if Miami gets up big, they still are going, even if they, if the Jets stop running the football, there's still going to be screens to Michael Carter. So I really like him this week against the Dolphins. I, I just don't like the Dolphins as a team in general. Their team is in a crap ton of emotional hell right now with how bad they're playing, not knowing what they want to do at quarterback. And Brian Flores feels like he forgot how to coach defense. So I love Michael Carter this week. Next on my list, Najee Harris. Uh, Anybody who's currently in my my, um, fantasy football league is probably going to think I'm a homer for my own players. I own Michael Carter and Najee Harris. Uh, And I haven't said much, to be quite honest with you, on most of these fantasy football segments about players I own. Uh, But this week, I I also own James Robinson. So, uh, listen, Najee Harris, worst rushing defense in the league is the L.A. Chargers. And Dalvin Cook still didn't run for 100 yards, which is kind of amazing, to be quite honest with you. But... I love Najee Harris this week. Feed him. They didn't feed him last week, and they ended up tying the Lions. Uh, I think that Mike Tomlin realizes that his Alabama running back that he drafted can handle a lot more touches than he thinks. So I I like every over for rushing yards, receiving yards, receptions, and rushes for Najee Harris this week. I think they're going to lean completely on him, considering that Ben Roethlisberger may or may not come back from COVID. Mason Rudolph looked like he didn't know how to play football. And then the only last thing that you have is Dwayne Haskins. So I think the rushing attack is going to be huge for Pittsburgh. So huge day I'm expecting from Najee Harris. Next on my list, A.J. Dillon versus the Vikings. Listen, Aaron Jones not going to play this week. A.J. Dillon is a ginormous human being. I watched all of his highlights from the Seattle game. Uh, Seattle's defense is no slouch, especially against the run. Their secondary is weak, but against the run, they're relatively good. He's running people over. I just don't understand how somebody that big with those size tree trunk legs can run that fast. Uh, The Vikings are not good against the run. Uh, if they can stop a running back to a three-yard gain, it's a it's called a win in Minnesota this year. They've had to move around a lot of people on the defensive line due to injury, due to COVID, uh, due to a lot of things. So their rush defense has been subpar pretty much all season. So I'm expecting a lot from A.J. Dillon. Uh, Aaron Rodgers seems like he wants to throw the ball less and win more. So and, and it seems like it's working. So I think they're going to feed A.J. Dillon a lot and definitely a lot early. So you can expect a lot. And his one thing in college was that he can't catch the football. He's got a lot of screens, and that part of his game has improved a lot since he's been a Green Bay Packer. So I love A.J. Dillon this week against the Minnesota Vikings. I just hope it doesn't help him win. Next on the list, Zach Ertz versus the Seattle Seahawks. I love Zach Ertz. I don't love Zach Ertz when Kyler Murray's not the quarterback. But I think he makes an impact in this game. Seattle has proven year after year uh, that Jamal Adams is not a cover safety and that all he does is blitz. It takes a few of those plays and a tight end seam route for Zach Ertz to get at least a 50-yard touchdown pass. Or, sorry, a touchdown catch. Uh, I think that they go to Zach Ertz and they go to him often, uh, especially in this game. Honestly, even... It's irrelevant even if Kyler Murray plays or not. I think they go to Zach Ertz and they go to him often. He's going to be good, especially in PPR leagues this week. 
uh, which is why I like him against Seattle. Next on the list, Kyle Pitts versus the New England Patriots. I've mentioned multiple times already how important Cordero Patterson is and how much I love him in that offense uh, to make them more dynamic. He came out hot against the Cowboys, and then Matt Ryan started to slump, uh, and they started to figure it out. The, the, the targets need to go somewhere. Uh, they have Russell Gage. Uh, they have Zacchaeus, and that's his last name. I don't even know how to pronounce his first name. I think it's Olamide. Olamide Zacchaeus as well. Uh, but they have literally no threat at wide receiver. I think just by sheer target share and target value, you need to start Kyle Pitts this week. He had a lot of targets last week, and that was with Cordero Patterson in the game. So I see it as a huge plus. Uh, Kyle Pitts showed a lot of premier experience in terms of route running last week against Dallas even in their absolute blowout he was basically the only good part of that football game was watching him run routes he's not even a tight end I don't know why they label him as tight end he's basically a wide receiver he's not he doesn't have the body I don't think he's big enough to play tight end I honestly haven't broke down his blocking on tape Uh, I haven't gone that far yet but maybe I should Uh, But I don't know how he is in that department, but he runs a hell of a route, and he has great hands. So I love him this week. Last on my likes list, like I ended the dislikes with a quarterback, I'm going to end the likes with a quarterback. Derek Carr versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Derek Carr was embarrassing in the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He played bad against the New York Giants. I know there's a lot going on in Las Vegas right now with all of the stuff going on with people from the team but off the field. I know there's a lot going on. I know that they watch it. I'm not I'm not completely blind to the idea that these players don't watch anything in terms of NFL media uh, because they definitely 100% do. I think Derek Carr comes out hot this week. And, and I love the Raiders beating the Cincinnati Bengals as well. Uh, they will be able to run the football probably against that defense, especially the way they've the Cincinnati Bengals defense has performed the last few weeks. But I love Derek Carr taking the bull by the horns in this game and just giving it to him, honestly. Uh, and he's going to play like he did in, in all those games like he did in the beginning of the season. Uh, so I definitely 100% like Derek Carr this week against Cincinnati. All right, that will end the fantasy football segment. Good luck to all of you out there in your daily fantasy leagues, your monthly fantasy leagues, your your yearly fantasy leagues. Uh, good luck. I uh, hope you guys are doing better than me. I am currently five and five, but on a three game win streak. So I'm I'm loving that. But uh, we'll see how we do this week, considering I own Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, which is going to be interesting, apparently, since they're playing my favorite football team, which is the reason I hate fantasy football the most. Uh, But we will now transfer into the Thursday Night Football Best Bets. We have the Falcons taking on the Patriots. Uh, I have four for you like I normally do for the Monday Night Games and back when I did the Thursday Night Fit. Thursday night games, uh, and I am sorry for neglecting that for the past few weeks. However, we're going to hop right in. The Thursday night football best bets. Number one, the under. I want no part of this spread. I want zero part of it. Uh, The Falcons are the worst team to try and bet against for the spread, Uh, and and honestly, you can make the argument for the the worst team to bet for over-unders is probably the Patriots, but I, I love the under here. Uh, 47. Listen, the, the Patriots cannot continue to put up 
45 plus points a game. It's not going to continue to happen. And, and Atlanta is the Atlanta Falcons are basically a team that shows up every other week uh, and does something you don't expect. So you're expecting the Patriots to come out and stomp them. Not going to happen. think it's going to be a lot lower of a scoring game than people expect, which is why I love the under of 47. Next, Matt Ryan's over of a, of 1.5 touchdowns passing, which basically in layman's terms means he's going to have two touchdown passes. This could happen one of two ways. This game's close and Matt Ryan shows up, or he does it in garbage time. If he does it in garbage time, then it's probably going to be, the game's probably going to be out of reach for the under of 47. Didn't realize I was handicapping myself there, but we're going to roll with it. So, uh, I think Matt Ryan has over one and a half pat- touchdowns passing. Uh, he's got to bounce back from last week. Had a, a couple bad picks. Uh, like I said, it's been an every other week thing uh, for not only Matt Ryan, but the, the Atlanta Falcons as a whole. Their defense, the coaching, the running backs, everything. So I expect him to have two plus touchdowns in this football game. Next, Mac Jones is under of 23.5 completions. I don't think he's going to have to throw that much. I think they're going to run a lot more than people think. Mac Jones does not throw the ball often. Uh, and when he does, they're dump-offs. So I, I don't think that he gets to 23.5 now. Is that far off what I believe? No. I think he's somewhere between 18 and 22. But I don't think he gets to 23.5, nor do I think this game is going to be dictated into him doing so. So this is why I love the under of 23.5 completions. Last one, player prop, Hunter Henry over 32.5 yards receiving. Uh, Mac Jones literally loves tight ends. Uh, Jonu Smith has been almost irrelevant the entire season. He's had one or two good games. Uh, I would say one or two good to decent games. Uh, But Hunter Henry has had a lot of touchdown catches. Now, his yardage has been relatively low, uh, but the Atlanta defense gives up a lot of plays in the middle of the field. They did it all day on this previous last Sunday against the Cowboys, giving up everything and anything that the uh, opposing team wanted in the middle of the field. Hunter Henry's going to be that target. A lot of their receivers run outs and run goes down the field. Uh, A few, yes, will run over the middle, but most won't. So I love Hunter Henry's over of 32 and a half yards. That is all of the best bets for the Thursday night football game tomorrow night. Uh, Some of those lines may move a bit depending on a where you're where you're possibly uh, make placing your bets on whatever platform you use. Also, depending on if there's any injuries between now and then, uh, whether it be Damian Harris being cleared, whether it be Cordero Patterson being cleared. Uh, So just keep an eye on that. But those are the lines as of right now. The over uh, the spread is minus seven. Uh, It's the Patriots minus seven started at five and a half. So uh, the Vegas loves New England in this game. I would tend to believe otherwise, uh, but I've been burned a lot lately, so I'm going to stay away from it, which is why I didn't make a choice uh, in the Thursday night best bet. So, all right, guys, that's going to end the midweek podcast. We are back on track uh, for us to have our preview segment for week 11 uh, released on Friday afternoon, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback for anybody who listens on iHeartRadio. They typically don't. They typically wait multiple hours or the next morning to listen. Uh, to, sorry, to actually post the the podcast uh, that I post 
on their platform. They wait to release it until the next morning or later that night. Uh, So anybody who's out there listening, thinking it's going to be available, it seems to come up quicker on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and every other platform before iHeartRadio. So just keep an eye open for that as well. I appreciate you guys all listening. Uh, Like I always say, uh, tell somebody about the podcast, whether it be one person, 50 people, doesn't matter. I will have the Twitter up relatively soon for the podcast. Uh, Tweet out some stuff. Hopefully you guys can find me on the Twitter. Throw me some questions. uh, and Let's get some some more interaction between uh, me and you guys listening. Once again, thank you so much. Let's go Vikings. Um, An early midweek skull. Uh, to see if we can beat the Green Bay Packers this week. Not hopeful, but it's a possibility always. So um, that's going to end it. Thank you, guys. And until Friday. Later.